go with me to Joshua, the Old Testament, chapter 1. Today and this morning, we're going to start a journey. I thought it would be four weeks, and then it turned out to be five, six. Um, then it turned out to be eight. So I may preach through June <laughs> in, in Joshua. <laughs> It's not, not the, I just felt like last November I'd spent a little time with the Lord for this year. I want you to know that we're not here to mark time. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to be doing something for the kingdom. And as long as we have breath, I think God wants to use us in this kingdom. I'm going to start a series. Uh, we will be traveling with Joshua and Israel of course, I trust you know some of that. I've asked you on the media for two or three weeks to read Joshua 1. We'll read a few verses today. Let me tell you up front, next coming week, read Joshua 2. The message for next Sunday will be out of Joshua 2. We're going to see how God led Joshua and Israel. And let me declare to you, it's a picture for the way the word God wants to do us, lead us. We need, we support. We're here with purpose. So let me give you a little background quickly. God had, as you know, miraculously delivered Israel out of Egypt. And the miracles and the time that was involved are just momentous. God had promised them a land of bounty and an abundant life. The 12 tribes of Israel would each receive a portion of this promised land, Canaan. Israel followed for a while. Thank God for the miraculous crossing of the Red Sea, and thank God for the dry ground. Thank God for all the mirac miracles, miraculous things, water out of a rock, manna out of heaven, even quail out of heaven, supernatural provision for God's people to follow his plan. It worked for a while. They had numerous victories. They had the Ark of the Covenant again, and wherever it traveled, God gave them victory headed for this land of plenty. And then they became distracted. Actually, physically and spiritually, they were brought to a halt. For 40 years, that generation wandered in that wilderness. But I want to share with you this morning, God is intent on completing, ladies and gentlemen, His plan for your life and mine and the children of Israel. And God has that plan, and I believe even as I speak, God is working that plan for you, me, this church, and the nation of Israel, the whole world. Nowhere in this intentional leading of God to fulfill His will, nowhere is it more evident than in the account of Joshua and Israel entering this promised land. There are many important parallels for you and I to watch as we travel. They will be applied to the church, to us as individuals, perhaps to your family, maybe your job, maybe your business. God wants us, as Joshua would, to take Israel's army, cross this Jordan, continue to fill that plan, in it, I want to make an observation. Once across the Jordan, the army would begin in the southern realm. And then, 
Everything that would accomplish God's will would turn them northward to complete and fulfill the will of God. Check it out on the map. Our, my scholar, John, showed it to me. So this series is called Turning North. And I want you to know I want us to head true north, to, to the will of God, to the purpose of God. And as we travel, God will give us information and directions in His Word that are vital to the successful start, continuance, and completion of His plan. You may have disobeyed the Lord, and you may be had a time where you lost touch with the Lord or the enemy came in and had a victory. I want to tell you something. Following God's plan is still God's will. Following the death of Moses, God wanted Joshua to know that his plan for Israel had not changed, and the time had come for Israel. First point, this is the message today, it is time to prepare to move. Last week, I thank you for being here, Dr. Wooten graced us with a great message. The week before, and I want to make reference to it now, I preach, I think, the title, Leave Yesterday or Leave the Past in the Past and Live a Genuine, Bountiful Life Now. That is very important because two weeks ago, I want to declare it in a different way today. You and I need to understand that a lifestyle of promise involves living life with our backs to our past. If there's one thing Satan tries to do, it's always take you back to a problem or take you back to a negative or take you back to a defeat. And there's not one soul in this building that has not had a failure and been through storms and you've not done things you wish you had not have done. Everybody that's done that, raise your hand this morning. Every hand in this building. We've all been there. But that's just the trick of Satan. Can I share with you like we sing this morning? God never ceased to love us. God never ceased to love us. I'm going to stop and say it. I I know my people are trying to follow me on notes. But I want to just say something to you. We look sometimes at, at we, we should preach the mercy of God, and we should. And we should preach the grace of God, and we should. But I want to tell you something. The grace of God and the mercy of God are, are major things in the kingdom. But I want to tell you, that all actually comes out of the love of God. And our job would probably be much more uh, effective if we would preach the love of God and the reaching of God and the wooing of His Spirit to a lost and dying generation than trying to talk about even grace. I think it's been abused today. And even His mercy. Ladies and gentlemen, God wants us to know that He loves this world. So He says, get ready to move. And although Israel had failed at Kadesh Barnea, read it in in Numbers 13 and 14, God's plan, I want to say again, was still to be accomplished. Let's read it, Joshua 1, 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness 
in this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Stay there in the Word of God, if you will, with me. Success in the last several years and generations, its fulfillment, the finances, the destination, all of that. We need to remember there are many ideas about success. There are many plans. There are are many efforts about success. But that, the plan, what we need to remember as ladies and gentlemen, there are many times our plans and plans of people are based on our incomplete knowledge and understanding of God's plan for our life and our needs. God knows more and more correctly about what we need than we do. And God always has the plan. And He's based on His complete omniscience. God always has the plan. For Israel, God's plan was this. Get out of Egypt, cross the wilderness, enter into the promised land, and live there in an abundant, blessed life to show the nation, to show the world that in covenant with me, I will bless you and your life will be totally different than the rest of the sin-cursed planet. And for people and for us today, that God's plan is this, to leave the former life of sin and disobedience and all of its misery by which it is entangled and enter to the new life of a new birth and live a faithful, obedient life and experience God's blessing even on this still sin-cursed planet. Ladies and gentlemen, God has a plan for us. So the first thing you have to do is understand God has a plan. Secondly, understand God's power. Look at verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. I want to interpret that. That means no man. It didn't say some. It said no man. No power on earth. Nothing of human power. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Listen, that's quite a promise. How many of you know that was a big promise? A big promise. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. Listen to him say directly to Joshua, you be strong, you be of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance of a land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Verse 7, only, listen it again, be strong, very courageous, that you may observe, the next two words, what are they? That you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, your servant, has commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. I want to stop and say, ladies and gentlemen, there is a blessed life that God wants to give every one of us. But it's based not just on salvation. It's based on absolute obedience and and love for His Word. Praise the Lord. Verse 8. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, that you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way, this is God's 
success definition. Then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you a third time? Be strong, of good courage. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. (laughs) That ought to thrill the coldest soul in this room. Amen. That is awesome promises. Along with this plan, God always supplies the power. We try to reason and we try to do so much on our own. God will give the means as we pursue God's plan. However, it must be with the right motive and the right power. I want to say something about this power. First of all, it's not the power of personal opinion. Oh, boy. By circumstance, by aligning circumstance and situations, Satan can affect our thinking. You've heard me say so many times, if he can affect our thinking, he can affect our feelings. And if he has our thinking and our feeling, he can affect our actions. He can affect us in many ways. How many of you know he is a deceiver? It is so important. Numbers 14, verse 1 through 5, is a time where Israel went by their reasoning and their opinion, and it caused them. I thought it was so neat. Last week, Dr. Wooten preached about do not murmur. Do not murmur. He talked about it's dangerous and gave us direction. It is. It's contagious. Listen, all negativity is contagious. But thank God, so is the positive. Amen? The second thing I want to say about power, it is not determined by group determination. Again, Numbers 14, 40 through 43. Israel said, we will go our way. Out of their reason, out of their kind of concept, out of human... Listen, don't throw your brain away. You're going to need it once you're saved. You're going to need it once you have the Spirit of God. But you're to use that to be directed by God's Spirit. And so this power is not the power of opinion. It's not even group determination. Look at it in Numbers 14. And Moses said to them, verse uh, 42b, The Lord will not be with you. Wow. Would I dare as a pastor say in counseling, if you do not submit to the will of the Father, God will not go with you? So instead of making that personal, you get all wounded about it in my office. Let me say it as a group. If you don't obey the Lord and go with God, he will not go with you. You're not, you're not going to prosper. You're not going to walk in the kingdom. You're not going to see the power of God if you're not in obedience to the Father. And we can have his grace and we can preach his mercy and say we love him. But ladies and gentlemen, Jehovah Jireh is a covenant God. You put me first and I will. You obey me in my word and my law and I will. But if not, you will open yourself to the curse of the Satan that's here, the prince and the power of this air in this current world. And you will be subject to whatever he can do in your life. And let me just say it. I'm going to be bold enough to say it. What are they going to do? Kill me? I'm 71 years old. I want to tell you something. Don't blame God. 
Every time these 14, 15 covenants of the Old Testament, every time they were dissolved was not because of God. It was because of Israel. So listen, let's take some strong meat this morning. Israel, you got exactly what you traded for. And I'm not trying to be unkind to them, but I want to tell you, they are God's people. God loves them, but they're example people. There's no prejudice in God with that. God gave them a big assignment. I want you to live according to my word and show this world what an abundant life should be. So we travel out of in bondage, and then we get to freedom, and then they still get stymied. God said, Joshua, get these people on. My will for them has not changed. It'll be by my power, and it'll be determined by, by what I say. Look at verse 5 again. No man will be able to stand before you. Those are promises. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Verse 9 is powerful. I love it. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God. I think everybody ought to circle every word. For thee, Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. Just unimaginable. Unbelievable words. Thirdly, about this power, I want to, I want to, I want to say understand the goal. We have to understand the goal. I, to make it rhyme with power and, and to make it rhyme with the plan, we could say prize if you want to. But God has a a goal or a reward for us. Verse 10 and 11, look with me. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, pass through the camp and command the people saying, prepare provisions for yourself. Watch those words, prepare provisions. For within three days you will cross over. We're going to hear that word again in a few weeks. Cross over, mark it down. Cross over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord God is present, giving you to possess. Wow. Church, as churches and believers move forward in God's plan, it is important to understand God's goal. God's goal. God's goal. In this case, it was go possess that Land, And I don't want to do a disgrace, add to nor take away from the Word of God. But if you'll allow me to at least be human, I feel sorry for God sometimes. How so, Pastor? I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell you. I, I, I'm not saying God said this. I'm just saying it comes to my mind. God has pleaded with these people. God has provided for them for 40 years. He has given them miraculous things. And can I not add or take away from the Scripture? But if that were me, I'll just say it like this. If I were God, I'd say, go possess that land. Finally. <laughs> Get this done. Okay, I'll step back into the righteous seat here. I, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes you ought to take charge of the children and say, you will do this. This is what you will do. This is what you will do. Because I can't find anywhere in Scripture, and I love kids, I love them, but they're not to be the head of the household. Okay, I got off way off base. 
There's sometimes God said, go take this land. And he said, you prepare. Notice what he said. Prepare provisions. God took care of the practical. They have to eat. Secondly, God said, prepare your heart. That's your spirit. It says, sanctify yourselves. And then it says, prepare yourself. Can you imagine this? To receive what God wants you to have. I think there comes a time of expectation, and we're going to see that later. Christ's legacy in 2022 and beyond, God has a goal for us. God desires that we accomplish something in His kingdom. He wants it for His glory. God will provide the power. Thank God He will. Our instructions are to prepare to move. Why? Hear me, and I'll be almost through. I know you're going to faint, aren't you? Hear me. Our instructions prepare to move. The reason is because God uses His church us to affect the eternal destiny of people. That's why God wants you to witness. Not to make you uncomfortable. Not to just give you an assignment that you can arbitrarily take it or leave it. God has somebody's eternity in mind and he puts an assignment upon you and upon me. And ladies and gentlemen, I think we need to be much more aware of the fact that God expects us to win souls for the kingdom. And I'm going to tell you it's a world that's hurting that needs that message. It needs that message. So in 2022, for us and beyond, our instructions to move, it's because God wants to use us to affect the church, the, the destiny of people. So let me say, ladies and gentlemen, it's your purpose to spoil the efforts of the enemy. It's your purpose, it's your assignment to spoil the efforts of the enemy in your life and in your family, in his church, and in a lost world. I'm talking to you. It is your purpose to spoil the efforts of the enemy. And I was thinking this morning as I was praying, should I say this or not? But I want to tell you something. I've never seen in this book anywhere where I should be afraid of Satan. Let me tell you what it does say. It does say, greater is he that's within you than he that's within this world. And what are we doing? What are we doing marking time when God says, go win souls? <laughs> wow. We should be the spiritual hospital for wounded travelers in this late hour. We should be the hospital for wounded travelers in this late hour. So follow me. I want to rehearse a story with you just briefly. When they were first married, Will and Vicki had all the high hopes and all the grandier dreams of being man and wife. All those things were common to newlyweds. Hopes of sharing life together. Finances that would be adequate. Someday promotions and the life that would be 
something that they would enjoy. Someday a family. Very typical, I think, to newlyweds. But Satan will always take aim. Satan has taken aim at every marriage in this room. Every marriage in this room is a target for the enemy. Every marriage on planet earth is a target for the enemy. Will and Vicki had typical struggles. They experienced hardships. They know Satan is expert marksman. Because of these, Will and Vicki grew cold with each other and began to make bad decisions. I just want to say, welcome to humanity. We've all made bad decisions. Along the way, God blessed them with a daughter and then a son. One evening, tragedy struck the home. Their now 10-year-old young son had a little friend that lived down the street. And they had planned that the boy's friend could spend the night at his house. So to get some clothes, the two young lads traveled on a four-wheeler to the friend's house, loaded up their clothes, whatever they needed, riding back to Will and Vicky's home. Tragedy struck. car hit their four-wheeler. Both boys were killed. Will began to blame himself. Vicki began to blame herself. At least they made this commitment, we will not blame one another. But how many of you know Satan knows how to work the human heart amidst pain, amidst major pain? It took its toll. Years now and years now later, until 15 months ago, Will and Vicki filed for divorce. It was sought and it was finalized. And years of marriage and years of a spiritual union that God had put together was destroyed. I think I'm right, two days after it was filed and finalized, a conversation with an attorney pursued to try to settle properties, values. That attorney happened to be a member of our congregation. And the attorney said, you need to take, or you need to go talk to my pastor. I just want to say thank you. You put me in a hard, hard place. <laughs> but thank you for serving the Lord. 
So I got a phone call and for several sessions, a council. We set it up. And frankly, I tell you, I remember very well watching the body language, the pain, resentment, harsh words, the pain expressed in the emotion and on the face and in the spirit, anger that had been instilled and all this major struggle with emotions. However, 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 let the truth be declared. God can mend broken lives. God can mend broken hearts. God can heal broken marriages. Ladies and gentlemen, the love of God is a, hear me, is a powerful thing. The love of God is a powerful thing. I want to announce today, I want to announce something to give the enemy a black eye and to give God the glory. For God has a plan and it didn't change just like I talked about. And God desires that we, we move forward and God desires that marriages move forward in His plan. I want to say this before I go further. I read it here a while back and I want to make sure this is understood. A page in church history reveals that the godly Macarius of Optimo was once told that his spiritual counsel had been helpful. His reply is my reply. This cannot be. <laughs> Only the mistakes are mine. All good advice is the advice of the Spirit of God. His advice that I happen to have heard rightly and to have passed on without distorting it. I want to tell you, this book is life. It is my privilege to tell you that Will and Vicki are coming at this moment to renew their wedding vows. Would you please welcome Will and Vicki Brown. You guys face each other and hold hands. You may be seated. Face each other. Hold double hands if you can. <laughs> the bouquet's in the way. That's good. I thank God for you because 
This is a win for the Lord. Christ's legacy for us this moment is to celebrate our purpose. Will and Vicki, this moment for you is to celebrate the healing power of God who loves you without measure. It is the time to renew our vows that you made many years ago. How many years? 36 years ago. Today we're going to renew that. When you were united in holy matrimony 36 years ago, you made vows. Our God is pleased. He is glorified when we rededicate our lives, our marriages, and our homes to Him as an act of worship. They wanted to be in a congregation and say, we want to witness that God has healed this marriage and we want to live for Him. So will, Vicki, do you promise to renew your vows that you made when you were first united in marriage? Do you promise to continue to keep the vows of the covenant which you made at your wedding? Do you promise to continue cultivating your love for each other by discipline, understanding, trustfulness, compassion, thoughtfulness, patience, and mutual consideration? Do you promise to endeavor to maintain a Christian environment in your home? to help each other live godly lives in Christian service and as an obedient example to Him. Will, would you say to Vicki, Vicki, I covenant those things with you. Vicki, will you say, Will, I covenant those things with you. Let's pray. Father, I ask your blessing upon these two lives. You've made us that we are incomplete without the other. So we yearn for someone whom we can love and whose love we can receive. I pray, Lord, this morning that your love will be a shield and a stay for Will and Vicki. I want to build a spiritual hedge about their lives. For what Satan has meant for evil, Lord, he will turn it in your will for good. Grant them patience. When joy comes, Lord, may they share the joy together. When sorrow threatens, may they bear it together in the Spirit of God's help. When sorrow threatens, or when sadness, or whether sadness or tears, in sunshine or shadow, may they draw closer to each other and to you. Grant them patience. Grant them gentleness, forbearance, and understanding. Father, I ask you to protect their home from those forces that would tear it apart. I ask for them health, for long life, and especially for fulfillment of their dreams and the fulfilling of your will. May their love continue through life and finally be blended into the eternal life. In Jesus' name, I pray it. Amen. Will, you may embrace your bride. <laughs> You're going to go this way. You're going to go right there. John will receive you. And Will and Vicki, to start their new life together, 
are going to be, both of them have been, they're going to be baptized this morning in just a few minutes. Pastor John's going to see to it. Henry, lead us in worship. Thank you, God.